For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 7, Episode 37. This is Writing Excuses. This week, pantsing. Uh-huh. Fifteen minutes long. <laughs> because you're in a hurry. And we are all wearing pants. Even me. <laughs> I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. And just to reiterate, I am Howard, and I have pants on. <laughs> He's just saying oh, that. Boy. He's protesting a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is just... <laughs> Methinks the naked man protesteth too much. <laughs> they all rolled their eyes at me when I actually called this pantsing. Yes, um, we because did. Because that is what I believe Dan called it. Um, seat of your pants writing. Yeah, we discovery usually call this discovery writing. writing here on the podcast, but... Uh, it Pantsing was... is becoming, I think, a very common term for it. I, I get questions it about disturbing. it a lot. <laughs> Pantsing is a prank. It's a junior high prank where you pants somebody and anyway, everybody's looking at your dangling unmentionables. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Howard. Every... Uh, Thanks for mentioning show. them. Family show. Family show. Clean rating. Um, <laughs> when we get requests about um, for, for writing, so we always get requests about outlining. But the thing is, and we will do some more outlining episodes. People seem to stress outlining quite a bit. Maybe it's our junior high education. Um, maybe whatever it is, our English teachers drilling it into us. I don't think that a lot of newer writers understand how much even someone who is an outliner like myself mm -hmm. writes um, discovery writing. An outliner generally is someone. There are some very extreme outliners who draw, make an outline and then slowly massage it into a book. Most of us, when we outline, even an outliner like me, basically I'll have one sentence for a chapter or two sen or three sentences for a chapter. And the rest is discovery written. I discovery write a lot of every chapter. And it's about exploring for that day 
what I want to have happen in this um, in this chapter, and that's why you know sometimes you just have to throw chapters away, even when you're a quote unquote one drafter like myself. I would counsel that uh, when we talk about discovery writing, there is the Stephen King school of discovery writing, yeah. which is you discovery write from beginning to end, and then you send the book to your editor, yes. who helps you correct spelling errors. Right. Um, the <laughs> the saner ground, I think, is where you discovery write from beginning to end, and somewhere at the three quarters mark, you may have realized that uh, chapters one through three need to need to go, and mm -hmm. chapter four needs to be rewritten as a stronger beginning. Um, but that's all well and good. You keep forging through all the way until the end, um, and yeah. and it, it's an adventure for you as a writer. And right. and then there's my style, which is brainstorm an ending come up with several really great scenes, and then come up with bullet points underneath them. I've talked about this before to get to those scenes. But for any given chapter, there's a bullet point or two. And then you're expanding that. I really think that we need to reinforce the listeners that practicing how to discover right is going to be as useful or more useful for every writer than um, outlining. And this is actually one of the places where I wind up using that the thing we've mentioned in a couple of other episodes about mm -hmm. the um, Yes, but no and. Yeah. Um, because if you think of writing as a series of questions mm -hmm. that you and the audience are asking and you are leading them to the next question, um, that this for me helps, helps me go through the discovery writing that as I'm writing, if I come up to a point where I'm not sure what happens next, I just ask the question. You know, okay, so what is the, what is the logical next step? And now, how does that logical next step go wrong? Right. You know, so is is the logical they they have they have come to a chasm mm -hmm. that they need to cross. Do they cross the chasm? Yes, but the bridge collapses while they're halfway across. And that allows me to to keep momentum going. And Right. Or you ask no and no, you can't get across and a you know, a group of angry ruffians are coming up behind them planning to rob them. Yes. Um and so that I hate those angry ruffians. The angry ruffians. <laughs> angry ruffians. <laughs> you ruffians. Um, why do we never? Why do we louts. never? Why do we never hear about? Hang on, I've got your writing prompt right here. Oh, why no. do we never hear about the cheerful ruffians? Cheerful ruffians. Okay. And the civilized. That's the merry men. Isn't that? That's the merry men. I was going to say, isn't that the Scott Lynch's Gentleman Bastard series? Yeah. The, okay. The cheerful ruffians and the civilized louts. Yes. Uh, that's the Maybe name. that's not your writing prompt. No, that's your writing prompt. That's just the title of a group in your writing prompt. They can be a band. I was going to say. <laughs> um, Dan, you are um, primarily a discovery writer. Mm -hmm. Let's give, a, give our read listeners some tips on what, when it works for you, what's working. What does it mean that it's working? And when it isn't working, what does that mean? Well, those are our big <laughs> questions. <laughs> um, you're a big man <laughs> capable of... I well, uh, a little bit smaller now. My my, yeah. my <laughs> tailbone. Now that the tailbone's gone, I'm running out of vestigial organs. By the way, all I've got left is the spleen. Um, I I my process Next week actually on writing excuses. Kind of similar to Brandon's in that I will start with an end in mind. I will give myself um, actually sometimes a very extensive uh, uh, skeleton kind of outline to work with, but then you know throw that out. Uh, I will figure it all out beforehand and then ignore it completely and I'll just write and I'll look at the outline and say that's the chapter I'm supposed to write Maybe you know and and maybe the chapter I wrote yesterday doesn't want to lead into the chapter The outline tells me to write and it wants to be something else 
Um, some of the best thing experiences that I've had with the discovery writing are making something up on the fly. You know, uh, for example, in the sequel to Partials, Kira is going through Manhattan looking for something very specific in the first part of the book, and uh, I, you know, one chapter in the outline said. She gets to this office building and tries to find the information inside of it. And that's all it said. And so on the spot, I had to figure out, well, where is she going to find the information? Uh, in a computer? Well, how is she going to find information on a computer if there's no electricity? Um, you know, and things like that. And just have her exploring. And I was exploring the building at the same time she was, because I didn't know what was in each of the rooms. And I didn't know what she was going to find. I just knew that at the end of it, she was going to, you know, get to the next part of the outline. And so you can find some really neat things like that as you go through and you describe what she finds in this ruined office building. She found some things I wasn't expecting her to find, and it was really interesting. And it suggested, you know, the next three chapters that were not in the outline at all. I said my greatest experiences um, discovery writing are usually when it's, again, unexpected. Oh, this isn't going to work in the outline. What do I do instead? And when there is some strange pressure on me. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the writing prompts we force you guys, we set, suggest to you guys, a lot of times when it's like you do something completely outside of your realm of expectation, completely off the cuff, and, oh, I can't use that character anymore. What do I do instead? Yeah. And your brain just starts into overdrive, and things come out that work really well. Um, mm -hmm. I have uh, some long-ago training as a musician, and improvisational, improvisational music... Uh, is one, it's very, very amazing to listen to, but two, you have to recognize that the musicians who are doing this um, are virtuosos, uh, you know, within whatever instrument is they're, that they're playing, and they also have a strong familiarity with the underlying structure of good music. Yes. Mm. And so they're not just stringing notes together randomly. They are recognizing that this next sequence of notes that they need to string together need to be in the dominant key because I've been noodling around in subdominant long enough that it's time to move to dominant and then back to tonic. It's, and if you're not a musician, that didn't make any sense. But it's the same thing with puppetry. Right. It's, it's exactly which, which or or any of the arts, which is that you have to have an under, underlying understanding mm -hmm. of the technique involved, so that when you are improvising, you can get out of the way and just let the art happen. That you don't have to be thinking about how do I hold this puppet. Yeah. See, you're talking about the technique. What I'm talking about is this familiarity with an underlying structure. I feel like that's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, what, I'm, what I'm thinking of... No, no, that's fine. <laughs> what I'm thinking of is, you know, when I'm uh, writing a, a character, uh, I understand that uh, the pacing of this story, mm -hmm. there is going to be some scene and there's going to be some sequel, uh, you know, some yep. push and some shove. Uh, there is what does the character need, what does the character want, what does the character feel. Mm -hmm. um, I don't ask what the story wants, I ask what the pacing yes. wants. Yeah, and um, to me, as I said, that's, that's yeah. definitely a technical thing. Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. 
and it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's stop for a book of the week. Um, Howard, you actually have the book of the week this week? Um, oh, I do, yes. Um, this was almost certainly not pantsed. Um, Existence, which is the new novel from David Brin, it's a first contact story that brilliantly discusses uh, Fermi's, Fermi's paradox. How do you say Fermi's name? Fermi. 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 Um, uh, Fermi's paradox. Uh, in our opening scenes, um, an astronaut garbage collector uh, pulls some sort of a crystal thingy down from orbit, and it's extraterrestrial. And what's so neat about this book is not necessarily the first contact, but that Brin explores big idea after big idea after big idea. Um, he, he throws more ideas into this book than most authors throw into a whole career's worth of novels. Um, it's, it's a luxurious read. It's a slow read, but it's not slow because it's paced wrong. It's slow because you want to savor every one of these ideas as it comes by. It's, it's very thoughtful stuff. I loved it, and it's available on Audible. So, audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, start a free trial membership, and download your copy of David Brin's Existence. Now, those of you listening may be in kind of a quandary where you're like, great, now they're talking about all, they have to know the rhythm and the things like this and whatnot. And I know we keep harping on this, but practice is what's going to give you this. Yes. Um, I use the metaphor more and more of the baseball player swinging the bat and hitting the ball. Um, and that baseball player can do that because they have done it so many times. The more you write, particularly the more you write the type of fiction you want to do, whether it be long fiction or short fiction, the more you, you work in a certain format, the more instinct you will gain for the rhythm and flow of what's needed and what's not needed. It helps to pay attention to what a writing group is saying and how people are responding to the books, so you get a sense of, okay, at this point, people are going to really you know, be needing something explosive to happen, or at this point, they're going to get a sense they need more character. And when I go into a, a scene, what arranges my bullet points for that scene when I'm off of my, my outline, what I grab for that specific scene, I'll say, okay, my instincts say we need a strong character moment here. We've had a lot of you know, whiz-bang action. We need to slow down for a minute and really dig into these people and have good character action. And my instincts will say, okay, there still needs to be tension to the scene. It just can't be things exploding. So we need the characters to kind of you know, rub each other the wrong way. What from my outline can it help me achieve that? And I'll grab, you know, okay, this, this you know, bullet point here where the, the characters discover this thing about um, the project they're working on that turns them against each other or something like that. 
what mm-hmm. can help me make mm-hmm. this scene evocative? I need a new setting. And I'll brainstorm all that at the beginning and then pants it. Yeah, well, the, one of the things that you, you talked about um, in, in terms of practice that I kind of want to push a little bit is is that you're not just paying attention to what your readers think, but what you think as an mm-hmm. author, as, as yeah. a reader, as you're yeah. writing it. That um, I, I have a theory that one of the, the key components of talent is the ability to recognize the mistake and fix it. Mm. And that when you are learning all of these practi- these things that you're practicing, that, um, that recognizing this is a point where I am bored. Right. And that is a mistake. Why am I bored? Nancy Kress says that uh, when she, and she's a complete seat of the pants writer. She mm-hmm. doesn't even do bullet points. She says that when she feels like a story is going wrong, what she does is she stops and she goes back to the last point that she was excited about it, throws everything away after that point, mm. and starts writing again. Um, it's pretty extreme, but that wow. is, if you yeah. are totally a discovery writer, that's what you need to be willing to do. Mm-hmm. I, have, uh, I have a folder called Off-Track Scripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I write a, you know, I'll, I'll write a week of scripts and then suddenly realize, oh, I don't like where the story's going, or this is a fantastic conversation. I love this conversation, but it is currently unsupported. Yeah. Uh, and I take all of that, throw it into my off-track scripts folder because I don't have the luxury of drawing something and then throwing it away. There's just right. not enough time. I can't afford to illustrate it. And so every so often I dive back into that folder to see if there was something something that I needed to needed to salvage. The danger with my method is that every so often I'll find myself searching my scripts folder for canon, you know, based on character names, and scripts will pop up from that folder. I'll realize, I'll realize wait, I don't remember him saying that. Oh, he didn't say that. Uh, he said that in my off-track scripts uh-huh. folder. I need to put this folder someplace else. Still haven't fixed that problem. Yeah, I, but I, I also have a scraps folder. Um, and mm-hmm. even when I'm not completely, when I'm, you know, the, seat of the only seat of the pants that I'm doing is within that one scene. Um, there are times when the story veers off a little bit, and I just save that stuff. Sometimes I go back and reuse it, sometimes in that story, sometimes in a completely different one. Sometimes it was just a good exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's fun to fun to think about uh, with regard to discovery writing is that uh, when I'm bored, I I write space opera, okay? When I'm bored, it's usually time to blow something up. Right. Something explodes, somebody gets shot. If you're writing, if you're writing a romance and you're bored, it's not time to blow something up. That's probably time for the romantic interest to walk into the diner with a different woman on his arm. Which is a different form of blowing something up. You're right. It's a different form (laughs) of blowing something up. And so... Uh, in order to refine your chops, yeah. start looking at genre and asking yourself, what is the equivalent of blowing something right. up right. In, in this genre? How do you raise the stakes in the genre you're writing? Yes, which is something that we should also talk about in a yes. different um, episode. One, yeah, one raising other... the stakes? Yes. All right, I'll can, can of worms. Of worms. Yeah. yeah, one other thing that I want to toss out that I have found particularly helpful when I am doing seat of the Pants writing is the momentum with which I write. Because when I am seated the pantsing, instead of mm-hmm. having an external thing in which I'm holding the story, which is what the outline is, I'm holding the entire story in my head. And the momentum, uh, yeah. James Maxley actually says, momentum matters. The speed at which I get that down makes a huge difference in how much I'm able to retain of the story right. that I have in my head. Yeah. I would argue that if you are going to discovery write, your writing sessions have to be three hours long or more because for the first 30 minutes. I, I don't know. I'm gonna yeah, s- I mean, I, Dan is a big discovery writer. And you did a lot of writing for, um, for John Cleaver during your lunch break, didn't you? 
Was it that book that you wrote? Um, no, okay. uh, not during lunch breaks, but I did have to write it all in uh, like two-hour chunks at night after okay. work and after getting kids to bed. So it, it was written, you know, a lot of my early books were written in very small pieces. Though larger chunks of time is better for most of us. Momentum is the so thing important is, though, to me. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I've found. When your time is tight, you adapt. Yes. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, like yeah. the goldfish. And you squish into the space that you have. Mm-hmm. And you become more productive for that time. And then you use the off time for the, you know, rebuilding the well in different ways. Yeah, yeah I, should, mm-hmm. I should recant at least a little bit and say that if you only have an hour to write, yeah. that is not an excuse to not discovery write. Yes. Yes. That is an excuse to allow yourself to write bad. Okay. Let, <laughs> or, let yourself... Let yourself yeah. Allow yourself to not edit as you go. Not edit yeah. as you go, yeah. Just get mm-hmm. the words down. It just means, you know, that's the time that you have to write and you don't stress if you didn't get everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't yeah. punish yourself. Yeah, don't punish yourself because... If you, Work with your constraints. Yeah. Um, but, all right. Let's do um, a writing prompt uh, for discovery writing. Um, wow, this is the first time today. We haven't just, like, accidentally... Did, no, it was cheerful, oh, cheerful yeah. ruffians. Yeah, cheerful ruffians, that's so, right. And civilized louts. Civilized louts. Yes, and take take the uh, yes and no but. Yes. I mean, uh, yes but no and structure and see where it go, you with, go with, with that. With your ruffians and louts and... That's well, the see, yes and no but seems like it would apply very well to the civilized louts and the yes, cheerful but, but ruffians. It's, it's yes. Did we cross the chasm successfully? Yes. And there's, there's a candy tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why that structure doesn't work as well for fiction. Did we cross it? No, but there's a candy tree on this side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. This has been Ryan's Excuses. You're out of excuses, and we're going to go eat lunch. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.